Podcast of Popcorn, episode 28. We got Kim, Aaliyah, Sawyer flying halfway around the world, waking up early, getting only a few hours of sleep, still making it happen to church. We got education week. We have some talks that Kim and I gave uh, back in England when we lived with uh, Justin and Megan for the summer out there and all kinds of other fun stuff. Take a listen. Podcast with Popcorn, Sunday, 21st of August, and I'm here with Aaliyah Anna Roberry. Now, what you should know is Aaliyah Sawyer and Kim just flew literally halfway around the world, got in this morning, I think you walked in the door about 5 a.m., right Aaliyah? Yeah. 5 a.m., so pretty early, pretty tired, but of course, these parents are dedicated these kids are dedicated, so they were up and at them, ready to go to church around 8, uh-huh. right, because we had to be there at 9, takes about half an hour to get to the place we're going right now, and uh, there you go, how did that feel, Leo? Uh, I need to take a nap. Pretty amazing. Now, it is later in the afternoon, Aaliyah, how long have you been taking a nap? You probably Only don't even like know. three hours. Like three hours, and I'm, I'm telling fine. Aaliyah that perhaps... That's long enough. What? That maybe if she would like to sleep during the non-daylight hours tonight, she should probably get up, which means we should go around and pester her brother and her mother, too, Ooh. to do the same thing, because that's very important. So, Aaliyah, I'm going to get a little uh, feedback. What's been going on? How is this, how is this uh, education week stuff going, that you did this week? Uh, Give me a wrap-up of your last week or two in... America here. This for you. Well, it was pretty fun. Um, I couldn't go to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay, so Education Week is a full week long. Yeah. I, I've never been, so I don't know. It is. Full week long, so you couldn't go to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday because you were working, I, girl. Yeah. And where I were you working, working at? I was part working for somebody in our ward over there, and. Got it, and that, that, oh yes, that's right, and they've had you, you were cleaning apartments or something. Yeah. The outside, or was it the inside too? Outside. Outside. And then I was working at Papa John's. So you'd clean the outside of the apartments in the morning, and then head over to Papa John's in the afternoon? Yep. Dude, Aaliyah, you must be banking. Basically a millionaire. All kinds of ducats happening in your life. Yep. Fun, okay, so. Give me the last few weeks. So you're working a bunch, yeah. saving up some money. Money. Good for you. That's that's great that they were, fr- first of all, the people were willing to hire a 15-year-old for a couple Ooh. of weeks is really nice. That was nice of them. Plus, you were an awesome worker. You probably have a an open door to go back there anytime, I'll bet, mm, huh? Yes, I do. Mm. Well, that's good. That's so amazing. In case you should ever want to. I'm not saying you do or you don't, but... Whatever. Okay, so then you worked three days, and then you were off, so you got to enjoy Education yes. Week for a couple of days. How was that? Um, that was fun. I went to a lot of youth classes. I see. So they have both and adult and youth classes yes. at this Education Week? Every hour they have a youth class. Yeah. And so I went to a lot of those. Okay. But and what, what kinds of topics were in the youth class that inspired you to go to these classes? Um, 
some of the names were I went to a scholarship class. What does that mean? How to get scholarships? Yeah. Basically oh. teaching you how to get scholarships. Look at that. An apparition of beauty. Kimberly Roberry has walked into the room. <laughs> and when I say walk, I mean barely walk. I mean like slowly sauntering. And then she just lays down on the couch because her three and a half hour nap wasn't quite enough. So sleepy. Okay, sorry, back to Aaliyah. Okay, um, what, what else, Aaliyah? Oh, some of the other ones I went to was using technology to accomplish his work. And oh, hey, nice. That was a good one. And there was, by the same person, I also went to one that says how to use your smartphone, and like how to manage it with apps. And they just told us a bunch of apps you can use Ooh. to manage your life better. Like what, what kind, are you mean like productivity apps? Yeah. Or when you say manage, what do you mean by manage? Um, like apps like, yeah, Mint. Like Mint.com, the one that we've used for yes. long, long time now to manage your finances, yeah. stuff she like that. She mentioned Google Calendar, and then she mentioned. Google Calendar, sure. Like um, church apps, like a, Gospel Living, Just okay. Serve. Were there any apps that you didn't OG. know about that you think you're going to use now as a result? I mean, we, we know about Mint. I'm like, I didn't know about Mint before this. Well, it's probably a little yes, less useful for you than it would be. Yeah. For say, Kim and I, we used it for years. The We kind of haven't used it since we've lived overseas. The, the reason is because it, it doesn't have the ability to consolidate anything overseas. Yeah. It's strictly an American thing. Now, if we were just in America and we wanted to hook up all of those accounts and our credit cards and everything, I think it's great visibility. Yeah. It really is. I really like it a lot, and, and maybe one day we'll go back to it. Or one way we could use it over here is I would have to manually input all of yeah. the stuff from over here into it, which could be done. I mean, that's certainly possible, but it's just not as powerful without all the, the automatic yeah. integrations. But she, I really like yeah. it's automatic. Anything else? What else? Um, I really like this app. It's called Just Serve. I think it's more for American Okay, so that's people. Just Serve is finding voluntary opportunities? Yes, you just put in your location. It, it shows you all the service things that are available that's like great. during the week. Mm -hmm. And so you can just choose one. There's also online options. So I could do those some online this is options. Taking the excuse away that, that oh I can't find anything to yeah. do to help other people. That's good. So yeah. No, what a what a cool thing. Well, if you do have any recommendations for the global listening audience on how to what is it manage your smartphone better? Manage your smartphone. Yeah. We would be interested. Doesn't have to be right now, but curious what others have found. Certainly Google Calendar for those of you with yeah. families linking it all together with your family is a great idea. And then Mint she, yeah. uh, is highly recommended to uh, to make sure you have transparency with your spouse, particularly, and even if you're not married, to make sure you have full transparency in all of the various things of your financial life, understanding assets, liabilities, all your different accounts, investments, etc. Yeah. Great, great. She stuff. just mentioned that just because if people want to manage earlier know how to manage earlier in life than they ah, can. Ah, that is so smart. So, yeah. That's cool. Okay. Any others that stuck out to you? 
Um, How were, uh, let's see, did you, did you go to Justin and mom, my mom's? I couldn't go to your mom's, but I went to one of Justin's. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Because she was doing it on a day you were working or yeah. something? Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah. But Justin's. And unfortunately, I hear they were not recorded because that's policy. They could not be recorded. They couldn't be recorded, no. But you could take notes, I guess. Yes. Interesting. I, I would like to know the reason behind some of that, but I'm sure they have their reasonings. Just because to have a recording of it, of your own grandmother, right? Yeah. Teaching stuff would be kind of cool. Maybe we'll have to get her on a podcast and she can give us a skinny down version. Maybe so. They both want to do something at the family reunion. Well, very cool. Aaliyah, what else? Anything to wrap up your time in America? You are back in Dubai right now, even though it seems hazy in your brain. Whoa. Because you're like, oh, what? Um, so sleepy when you... I turned 16. Aaliyah's 16 years um, old, everybody. So old. and um, Didn't know she would get here, but here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that's, that's about it, yeah. Good. We're making her special Brussels sprout cake tonight um, for her birthday. Great. Great. She's like, there'll be lots of leftovers. Yeah. Mm, so tasty. Well, welcome back to the uh, wonderful world of Dubai, United Arab Emirates, Aaliyah. Woo. It's going to be a power-packed year. There's a lot, a lot that's happening this year. Your junior yeah. year, right? Whoa. Now, Aaliyah, junior year is a big year. I know. Probably... Arguably the biggest. One of the biggest. Arguably the biggest because you take all the important tests your junior year. Great. You're really prepared for, you know, you're perhaps applying to colleges then. Um, and who knows? So, and with uh, the track record of our family, we've had some of our children that chose to not do their senior year and go straight to college, some that chose to do their senior year, one that chose to do half of her senior year. Yep. And then got it across. So, you know, there, there are options and choices. What does your dad always say about options? Um, you want to keep them open? Yes. <laughs> options give you the, the opportunity. opportunity to have options. It doesn't mean you have to take them. But you don't want to just live life by default, right? By what life puts in your way or what they say, oh, do this and then do this and then do this. Nope. You make your own options and then you don't have to choose them. True. But at least you have them, which is a great thing. Yep. Leah, you sound pretty good, pretty pretty alive. I think I'm going to go over to Mom and see <laughs> if we can replicate this. I'm not sure it's going to happen. I'm here with Kim Roberry. She's waking up from, I think, about a three-and-a-half-hour nap. That is ridiculous. My now, eyes won't stay open. She, she, her eyes are not open. She's laying down on the couch, ladies and gentlemen. So if she, she doesn't quite make sense. She's working on half a brain. At this moment, it's but true. in her defense, she did fly halfway around the world, twenty-something hours. Got in at five a.m. into our house, slept and/or rested. I don't know, for about two, two, two and a half hours. Then got up, went to church at the hotel we're meeting at here in Dubai, came back. So not only that, we left at nine p.m. So we were up the whole day. Yeah. Left at 9 p.m. on the airplane, and then, of course, you don't sleep at all. So that's 22 hours on the plane. It's a big choice. So I thought it was the most excellent time. And then now we're made to time. stay up another day. 
and I can't do it. My eyes. It's the most excellent time to be interviewing her for this podcast they wanna, because they won't just want to hear. It's like after someone gets their wisdom teeth out. Uh, <laughs> see what, how it's going. Hi, Kim. Can you uh, update us on the last week or two Hi. of your adventures in America and um, what you're going to be doing now here in Dubai? Oh, yeah. We're going to be super busy now with these next six months with FSY. Um, super busy as long as so tell it give us up. your give us your education week update okay so education week was awesome apparently it was only like half of what they usually have i was like I mean, really in terms of people numbers of people well no in terms of like classes i guess and numbers of people so i thought it was pretty busy but they're like oh no they used to have like cooking classes and they used to have like all this other stuff and i was like really? oh is it all okay. over campus? Yeah, it's like in all the different. You have to like walk across campus to one class and then across. So it's to like going to college. You go yeah. into another class, another class. But okay. it's only like fifty-five minutes, and then you have twenty minutes in between, yeah, and, then and then. Yeah, there's wow, an app to see all the options. Anyway, it was great. I mean, they had a wide variety of classes. So some were gospel related. Some were like class related like learning about the body and learning about different things some were financial there was one um about how to invest in taxes and you know that kind of stuff really there was cool. some about anxiety and depression and there were some about how to handle teenagers and how to help them become um, committed to the gospel and there was the whole section just for the youth there was Aliyah and Sawyer went to the youth one that was like what, 150, 200 kids there consistently? Yeah. And they had just youth classes throughout the day, each day. And they had a dance on Thursday night for the youth, which was really cool. They had a play, The Sound of Music, that was amazing. So Grandma paid for us to go um, to The Sound of Music. You had to have your um, badge, your Education Week badge, um, but and you paid a little extra to go to the play, but it was phenomenal. It was the lead, um, Mary was a fantastic singer. Oh, Maria, sorry. What did I say? Oh, <laughs> Maria. Anyway, uh, she had a beautiful voice, and there were seven little kids or six little kids there. You know, the Von Trapp kids, and the littlest one, Brigitte, was oh, fun. just. The cutest. And the she, cutest. She had a couple of lines, you know, that she had to, um, like in the so long, farewell. And she's the last one that comes up. You know, she did such a good job. Anyway, it was really cute. But we were just soaking it all in. Like we were trying to do, Aaliyah would take a class in the morning and then go to work. And I'd drop her off at work and come back and do a class or two. And then I'd go pick them up from work and... Then she'd get ready for her second um, job, and I'd go drop them off, and then go to a couple more classes, and then go pick them up again, and um, they were really good. So, but we were just sucking it all in, soaking it all up. The spirit was strong, and we learned a lot of really good things, and so, yeah. Wow, awesome. Yeah. And met some new people. Did you? Cool. Did you see anybody you knew that you didn't think you would see there? I saw the Rays. Hey, uh, the Rays. Yeah, awesome. From Abu Dhabi. Sister Ray and her daughter. 
um, just briefly, we were like both rushed in different classes, so I just gave him a hug and we all went our ways. Um, that's the only one I think I know. Oh, I saw um, Annie, Annie Henstrom. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, and her sweet son. Her sister apparently was teaching one of the classes that I went to, and she was like, did you know this was my sister? And I'm like, no, I didn't. She happened to be there, which was really cool. So I got to hug out Annie a little bit. <gasps> um, no one else I really knew. So, but, you know, you always sit next to people as you're in class, and there was one lady, it was really cute, we had like five minutes before class started, we just got to talking, and like, she was like, oh my gosh, if you lived here, we would be bosom friends, and oh. I was like, I know, oh my goodness. we would be. <laughs> it's so fabulous. <laughs> like, within five minutes, we just had very similar personalities, and we <laughs> just got along really well, you know, it's just so funny how you can connect in just so short a time, and... Like, I helped her buy some water shoes off of Amazon because <laughs> she really liked my shoes. <laughs> and it was just kind of funny. I was like, whoa, that's so crazy. Oh, yeah. So, Grandma and yeah, Justin grandmas, yeah. presented. I was able to go to Grandma's on Tuesday. And I was able to go to Justin's on Thursday. It was really sweet, actually, on Tuesday. Um a lot of grandma siblings was there, like Miriam and King were, or yeah, um, Miriam and Chief were there, and Jim and Steph, and um, who else was there? Oh, Barb was there, and was it Glenn? I think it was Glenn. Another yeah. one of her brothers was there. Okay, Glenn. So I, yeah, I got to sit with them all. And it was, her presentation was really sweet, and she actually talked about, because her topic was anxiety and depression and kind of forgiveness and that kind of stuff, and she told her story of, you know, her mom leaving her, and what kind of, do you think, you know, I had some abandonment issue, issues, yeah, do you think I had some anger, yeah, do you think I, you know, all this stuff. I got all this stuff, yeah. Yeah, she had this backpack, she had Uncle Jim go up there, not, um... Jim Heap, but Jim Abney. Jim Abney, okay. And um, she had this backpack, and she was like, is this backpack part of you? And he was like, no. So he put this backpack on. You could take this off at any time, right? You know, <laughs> in front of the class. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it was just so funny because she's like, this is my brother Jim, and he's just huge, and she's just this tiny yeah, little woman. <laughs> she's like, come here, Jim, <laughs> and like turning around and stuff. And she like has these rocks, you know, that represent anger and sadness and anxiety and all that stuff. She'd put these huge rocks in his backpack. Okay, okay, here you go. How does that feel? How's the, you know, can you take this off at any time, Jim? Yes, I could take it off. If you choose to take it off, you know, type thing. It was just really cute, and everyone was kind of laughing. Huh, that's cool. And then, um, uh, I forgot. She had, she had other, like, ways for people to manage their stress and anxiety, like, Oh, breathing, yeah. the meridian tapping. She taught everyone how to do it. Um, I forget some of the other ways. She had like five or six ways, and I saw people furiously taking notes. But, I mean, she was cute and funny and had people engaged. 
I went to a, a class right before hers about the body and I thought I was going to be super interested in it, but it was not as great. And I was like falling asleep in it. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, I, oh, I can't keep my eyes open. And then with hers, like everyone was engaged. Everyone was laughing. I, I like, yeah, you don't fall asleep in her class. It was really good. And Justin was the same. He did a really good job. It was very engaging and funny. And That's pretty cool. You could do that on your last week. Yeah, it was really fun. Nice. Really what else you want to wrap up oh, for these? And what? I said Tracy Hickey. <laughs> okay, so Tracy Hickey is a lady who used to live with us in Richmond in, Richmond, in our ward. There. Yeah, she's got this amazing garden in the back of her house, and we, she and I, went on a walk like the week before, and she let me pick this whole huge bucket of blackberries <clears throat> from her yard. Oh, they were so delicious. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So, what about the whole last? couple of weeks how do you want to wrap up all your time and you were there for we were a good amount of time so time. yeah mom and dad were so gracious to they were super let us kind. be there for so long and it's got to be hard having you know guests in your home for that long yeah, we never spent kind of that amount of time in one home base yeah we haven't in that's, our all our travels that's before. been the first time we like spent the whole time in one spot yeah so. little quick trips to other places yeah. in vegas for a bit yeah. Went to California, did some things, but primarily. Yeah. And it was good. When we were here last year, before we got our house, we spent like one week with my mom, one week with Chantel, one week with, you yeah, know, right. different. We went to the family reunion in Georgia and then came back and spent, you know, a little bit here and a little bit there. And so we weren't really in one spot, but this is the first time we've been kind of in one spot for that long but they were very sweet and gracious, and it was fun. We got to see Tyler and Maddie and baby. Baby David. <laughs> the cutest. She is the cutest. So that was kind of the highlight, I think, just being with them and being able to snuggle and smooch on baby Davy. He would fall asleep that in our so arms. Poor and guy. We would just smooch on him, and he was just so sweet. Kid. So that was fun. Uh, I'm grateful the kids got to have jobs. That was really cool, actually. And Aaliyah got to go to an ACT class, and Sawyer got to go to a vocal performance class, like a week-long session thing at, at BYU, which was really neat for him. Josh got to go to FSY up at Rexburg, and he got to meet some people that will be going to BYUI for, in the fall, so that was good. And he oh, saw the campus, good. and... They stayed in the apartments right next to where he, his apartment is next year. Oh, yeah? So. Okay. So he knows exactly where he's going to be. Yeah. He kind of got to see the campus and meet some people. And so I, I think it was a really good experience for him. But yeah, it was really good. I got to read a book or two. What? Read? I know. Nice. It was awesome. Hmm. Relax a little bit. We were thinking we were going to go to the pool, but just never did. We got to move Lene into her new condo. That's right. We did. Yeah. Most of her stuff that fit. I yep. Think so. She had a fridge that wouldn't fit, but it was kind of fun to be with her. Um, yeah. Ali had a birthday. She's 16. Whoa. Daddy and I had our anniversary, 26. 
Yes, indeed. Years. I know he and I are going to have to like plan a special day because we were away from each other on our anniversary. So we'll have to like, okay, here's our celebration day. <laughs> That's right. Aaliyah, what are you going to do for us? Uh, no, that was not the right answer. She's going to hold down the fort while we go somewhere. That's right. A little staycation for mom and dad. Yep. <laughs> Maybe dad and I will go to South Africa when Whoa. grandma and grandpa go. Really? To When's this? Oh, I don't know. So I guess one of the people they taught is ready to be baptized, and they asked grandpa if he would baptize him. And so they are thinking about From going in October. Yeah. Seven years later. Yeah. Years. Wow. So I think. Who knows? I, 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 like, I still hey, think that might be a little sketch. We have a week off in October Whoa, <laughs> for our fall, fall break. We'll see. Anyway, regardless, it's been a, it was a good fun time for you guys. Yeah, it was overall. great. It was a, a good, good, good post after COVID summer. We found a couple of prom dresses. No right? masks yeah, needed anywhere for those. Oh my that gosh, that was the best part. We came back and we were like, very what? nice masks? No, <laughs> no. So we didn't have to wear them until we got to Amsterdam. Well, pretty well. Pretty well. And then that really flight. Well. They're like, you have to wear them. These kids, mom, they just Man. seem to be doing good things, making good they choices. They are. They're they doing should. really good things. I'm really happy. All right. Love you. Hey, everybody, Sawyer's here. Hey, hey, hey. I won't say that he's awake, but, you know, where, 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 where are you right now, Sawyer? Uh, uh, In limbo of some sort? You'd say that. Yeah. Good. It'd be easier if you held the microphone by your mouth somewhere. There we go. Hey. He doesn't want to open his eyes, people. I don't understand. Just because he flew halfway around the world, got up. I mean, he's had, you know, hours of sleep-ish. As his body adjusts to its new surroundings. Yes, yes. So, you wrap up the last two weeks for us. Um, what did you do? Last two weeks, I had a job for most of it. I worked at, um, what was the place called? It was some apartment building, right? It, it was some apartment complex. Anyway. What um, were you doing? I worked there. I did labor work over there, so that means picking up trash, power washing, pretty much everything they didn't want to. Sure. Um, and then there is education week where we went to different classes throughout the day that we... Education. So what classes did you choose? Uh... This one called Physics is More Fun Than You Think. Oh, I went to those. is that true? Uh, is physics more fun than I think it is? Kind of, yeah. I, I like physics. It was cool. Yes, but when I was there, there's an all, a lot of old people, which I thought was interesting because... You don't think old people would like physics? Well, I think they would like physics, but... You thought just a bunch of kids were going to be there? Exactly. Like was it a class kids, for kids? College kids. Well, it was. It was very, very few kids. It was like, let's say three kids in total, and then the others adults and/or grandparents. Hmm. Okay. What was your favorite class that you went to? 
Um, I actually can't remember the name, but it was talking about how to communicate to each other, and she spoke it in a way that everybody could understand, but really, everybody already knows these things. It's just something you anonymously We just don't do them? Yeah. You, mm. you anonymous, anonym, anonymously learn Anonymously. It. That's a tough word Without to say Without really something. knowing you've learned it. Hmm. Okay. And, and she basically takes that and creates an idea out of that and teaches you how to communicate to other types of people. Okay. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. Did you get to go to like grandma's class or Justin's class or anything? Uh, no. Hmm. I was going to all the other classes. There was a dance, I hear. Oh, there was a dance. Mm. Um, it's actually pretty fun. Uh, Where was it at? There's a surprising amount of kids. It was like one or two hundred kids. In a ballroom? Uh, no, it was like in an outside courtyard at the Joseph F. Smith building. Outside? Like in the middle. Oh, wow. That sounds fun. Yeah. And they're playing music. There's so many dances. I didn't know the dance moves, too. Oh, God, yeah. There's the FSY song. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun. Good. Did you enjoy your summer, Sawyer? I did. Now you're back to it? Back at it again. Yeah? Them. What are you looking forward to this year? You're going to be in high school. Freshman. Freshman. Mm. I look forward to being in high school and not middle school. That's it. Mm. Okay. That, that's, that's it. When does school, school starts in a week? Uh, roughly? Roughly. A week and a, a day? A week and two days. Okay. Well, we'll get you moving. That'll be fun. Aye, aye. Signing off. In the summer of 2018, we spent about two months in England. Um, I was going back and forth between Abu Dhabi. Kim and the kids stayed there nearly the entire time. And in the last few weeks we were there, Justin was the bishop of the ward there. And, of course, they asked (laughs) Kim and I to speak. So this is the talk uh, that I gave at uh, at that time, I think it was in the first half of August 2018. Enjoy. Brothers and sisters, so marvelous to be with you today. Grateful to feel your spirit. Thanks for, uh, for hosting us. And indeed, uh, you are correct. <clears throat> what you're thinking right now is absolutely spot on. It is difficult to raise a little brother into the bishop. But uh, I'll be holding a fireside later on next week with some tips and, and things to, uh, to go on with that. No, just kidding. It's, it's uh, I who have learned so much uh, from him. We're grateful we could spend this kind of time together uh, with our cousins and with our family um, <clears throat> as we've go, grown to uh, grow and respect the things that they've uh, chosen to do in their life. Personal faith foundations, brothers and sisters, are, uh, are, are like any other worthwhile pursuit, right? They're worth, they're worth practicing. They're usually built slowly 
one layer, one experience, one setback, one challenge, one success at a time. And it's that practice of building our faith in our Savior Jesus Christ that I'd like to, to speak on today. There was a, a private in the military back in the World War II times, and we'll call him Private John. And he had his best friend, his best friend in the army was Clarence. And John and Clarence had uh, been fighting side by side for years in that great and, uh, and awful conflict. And they had been through a number of, uh, of places that you and I both know about in our history books now. Now John grew up in a wonderful and a faithful home. He had been taught to pray. Uh, he had been taught to read his scriptures. And he did that very faithful, even, even throughout uh, all of the things that they had been through. And Clarence basically stuck by John's side. He stuck by John's side because John always came back. John always did uh, what, uh, what they thought was right, what they felt inspired to do. But one day they were sent to patrol a certain area, not right on the front lines, but uh, fairly nearby. And uh, this is an area of, of, of farms. Um, the, the, uh, the area was, had been completely deserted for some time because when you're somewhere near the front lines of a massive world war, you, you don't want to be there. There were not Germans there. There were not English or Americans or French or anyone else. Uh, somehow Clarence and John found themselves separated from their, their various platoon that they were supposed to be a part of. But they thought, you know, this is just another routine day. We're going to continue on. And we're going to make sure that our area that we're supposed to patrol is, is patrolled well. So they came upon a farm and a farmhouse, which just like all the others that they had looked at, were deserted. Before that... Earlier on in the day to prepare themselves, John had knelt down. Clarence, who was a little less religious than John, knelt down too because he figured it couldn't hurt. Um, and uh, John had said a faithful prayers he did every morning to make sure that the inspiration that he needed to come back safely that night would follow them. They were out on their patrol, and a feeling came over John. Um, this was not a new feeling, fortunately for him. He had been well-trained in what the Spirit felt like and told him to do. Well, they came upon this farmhouse, and there was a field. And you could tell it hadn't been deserted for that long because there were actually crops in the field, and they were green, uh, and they were growing. And they had a strange eeriness almost about them. And, and Clarence was about 100 yards back from John, and John... Uh, <clears throat> In a, in a, they, they had worked out beforehand that if they ever thought something was a little strange, they had some code words that they used. So John used these code words and says, you know, tell the others that are just around the corner to, you know, come around. And uh, <clears throat> Clarence and John both knew he was bluffing. There was nobody around the corner. There was no platoon coming. But there's something, something, <clears throat> excuse me, something there. And as John recounts the story, <clears throat> he took his gun off his back, pointed it towards this field, which is now almost no further than I am to you, and, and yelled in his halting German that they had been taught, basically, stand up, we have you surrounded. He hadn't seen anything yet. He wasn't sure why he was doing this. He just knew that it was the right thing to do. <clears throat> as soon as he did that, and he recounts in his story, it seemed as if the entire field 
rose up at once. Guns over their head, over 50 German soldiers rose up out of the field and surrendered to him. No, they did not surrender, however, because they knew if they did and word got back, that would be a problem. But John took them, quote, unquote, prisoner. One guy, more than 50 others guys, rose up. John told them to get their weapons and put them over there. And Clarence came up and he just sort of looked at John. You know, obviously these guys could overpower them at any time they wanted to. Fortunately that day, these guys didn't want to overpower him. They were, uh, they knew what they were doing was not necessarily on the right side of things. They didn't want to be there, but they knew they, they had to essentially be captured in such a way that they wouldn't get sent back. And so John and Clarence took these guys <clears throat> prisoner, took them back to their camp. It must have been pretty hilarious to watch all these guys marching in front of two other people. But he listened to the Spirit that day. Now that's not the first, that is many times throughout <clears throat> what, are, what, are, what happened to him throughout the war. And he listened to the Spirit because he was well-practiced in the art of prayer with his heavenly father. He knew how to get revelation from that prayer. And I'm still trying to get there. I hope to be like John someday. Um, The Lord expects us to practice if we want to get good at something. I think we, we... we anticipate we're going to practice if we want to get good at something. The foundations of that practice sometimes aren't that fun. Right? We want, we want it to be game day now. I don't want it to be practice day. You've got to practice, practice, practice. Finally, you have a game. Uh, well, that's, that's the same as it is in life. You know, I had the, uh, had the good fortune to be called on a, to serve a full-time mission to one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And if you doubt me, ask Elder Klopcich. He's from that uh, beautiful place called Slovenia. It lacks nothing in natural beauty from the mountains to the rivers to the valleys. Um, and you have a great opportunity to, to find souls that want to come unto Christ. Well, one day, my companion and I, uh, we had had our morning uh, companionship study. We were praying. Uh, we felt impressed to go to the largest building in the city. Uh, this was on the other side of the country from Elder Kolobcic, but if you know anything about Slovenia, it's not a very big country, so it's not that far apart. Um, in, in this particular building, if you know anything about sort of old um, ex-communist countries, they have these large block cement buildings, and everyone lives in kind of these small apartment buildings. It's called a bloke, uh, or at least we call that bloke a block. And there were 210 doors in this building, meaning 210 individual apartments. And so we prayed about it, we get off, we walked the, the number of miles it took us to get there, prayed before we got in the building, and as was our routine, what we would typically do, we, we were to go tracting. Now, this was in the days where this country had just barely been open to missionary service, so there weren't a lot of members to go off and do member missionary work or, frankly, anything else. So we found ourselves contacting and tracting 99% of the time, and this was a tracting day. So we went to the very, very top of the building, and the plan was to just uh, start knocking doors until someone was willing to talk to us about the gospel and uh, see how that went. And uh, we had our door approaches and other things ready to go, and we started knocking doors, and, and uh, half an hour passed, then an hour, then two, then three, then four. Uh, and unfortunately, on the slide from uh, slight interludes with some folks, nobody was uh, willing to talk to us quite yet that day. So 
We decided to go down. It was time for lunch. We grabbed a little food, sat on the corner, talked for about 15 minutes about, hey, how do we be more effective? Uh, how can we, uh, how can we uh, help this out? And then right back up into where we, where we left the building, kept walking down the stairs and around. And uh, by the end of the day, it's probably a good 12-hour day, which, by the way, you pr- perspective missionaries get used to that. Good hard work. It's good for the soul. We attracted all 212 doors, 210 doors, in that, uh, in that largest building in, in the city. And uh, you guessed it, nobody was willing to talk to the missionaries that day. Now, sometimes I don't blame them because two guys in suits knocking on the door might be a, a little strange. But you'd think that was a, a, a kind of a downer day, right? You and your companion out, you're trying to work hard, or not even spread the gospel to anybody that day. But you know what? We felt great. We felt wonderful in the joy of our service. We knew what we were doing. We had prayed about it. We felt that it was right. And we chalked it up to being a practice day. This was a practice day, right? This wasn't game day. Uh, we weren't able to share the gospel with anybody. But the Lord wanted us to practice and get good and get a little better and knew that he could count on us to do something. And hopefully other days maybe work even smarter. So some days, brothers and sisters, we don't know. They may be game days. Others days may just be practice, but you've got to be ready at all those times. When I was a, uh, a bit younger man, my, uh, my kids might say, eh, much, much, much younger man, perhaps. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, my senior year, our, uh, I was involved in, in music and theater and that kind of fun stuff that like a lot of your kids are involved in now. Um, my high school decided to put on the, the musical Music Man. You've probably seen it. You've probably been in it. Uh, a great, great play. And I was given the uh, uh, opportunity to play Harold Hill, Professor Harold Hill, uh, which if you know the play very well, you know he's not a professor. He's a bit of a charlatan. Um, <clears throat> but he does actually have some interesting things that he teaches the people, and he teaches uh, this out throughout the play. And one of the things I remember, uh, one of the quotes that he says to Madam Librarian, Marion the Librarian, was that if you, if you pile up enough tomorrows, if you pile up enough tomorrows, you're going to end up with a lot of empty yesterdays. If you keep putting off till tomorrow to build the foundation that you need for tomorrow, you're going to look back and have those empty yesterdays. And so to start, we need to start building the foundations today. It's very easy to get on your knees right now, today, and give it a start. We don't need to wait till tomorrow. In fact, we have tremendous books of Scripture, great examples all throughout the Scriptures of how we can do this. Natural, the one that comes to mind for me is the book of Enos. Enos, the son of Jacob, right? <clears throat> Back in the Nephi, Lehi, Jacob, Enos times, in the only chapter of Enos, you'll recall that he wrestles with God, right? What does that actually mean to wrestle with God? Let me, let me just highlight a few verses and it says, Behold, it came to pass that I, Enos, knowing my father, that he was a just man, for he taught me in his language, and also in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And blessed be the name of God forever. And I will tell you of the wrestle which I had before God. So you know right from there that he had been taught well. Right? His mom and dad had gone through. And he said the following in verse 4, And my soul hungered, and I kneeled down before my Maker, and cried unto him in mighty prayer and supplication, for my soul, and all the day long did I cry. Okay, so this was not his first rodeo, right? He knew how to pray. He knew how to cry unto the Lord. 
And we need to get there. We need to know how to pray. We need to know how to cry unto the Lord before those kind of seminal events often will happen in our lives. Further on, after the Lord had spoken to him just a little bit, he asked the question in verse 8, and he said, and I said, Lord, how is it done? Speaking of his repentance. And he said unto me, because of thy faith in Christ, whom thou hast never heard nor seen, and many years pass away before he shall manifest himself in the flesh. Now it came to pass that when I had heard these words, I began to feel a desire for the welfare of my brother, the Nephites. He had an earnest question. He knew how to pray. He was prepared. He was practiced in that praying. And he built, he built a deep and abiding faith in his Savior, Jesus Christ, whom he had not before seen nor heard. Later on in verse 12, he says, And it came to pass that after I had prayed and labored with all diligence, the Lord said unto me, I will grant unto thee according to the desires of thy faith. He had built up the faith, faith previous to something that he had needed. And it blessed generations and generations as we continue to read the scriptures and find out about that. So we built the foundation. We practice. We understand what the Lord wants us to do. And then, then we got to stick to our commitments. Right? The Lord actually gives you inspiration to do it. You have to actually do it. Uh, and, and continue to follow and continue to kind of endure to the end and do what you're going to say uh, you're going to do. A number of years ago, when I was a little earlier on in my career, I had the good fortune to get uh, kind of a big joint venture together. So in big companies, what you do is you kind of get together the big hanyaks on one side and, and the other big people on the other side and say, hey, we want to do something together. It's often kind of a joint venture, a partnership, something like that. And I was fairly young in my career, and I had a, and I had a, a small hand in getting this together. I worked for a really big company at the time. Um, and we were trying to get this other really, really big company to do this joint venture with us. And it was, it was the day of, and we had, we had arranged a CEO to CEO meeting, right? So that the, the head guy on one company was gonna meet with the head guy on another company, and you're gonna try and hammer out the details and make this happen. Um, and so we flew to, you know, typical story, we fly to New York City, right, in the jet. And I'm briefing the, our, our chief executive on, here's what's gonna happen. And for some reason, Though I'm a junior guy and all these uh, low man on the totem pole, I get chosen to be the facilitator of the meeting. And it's one of those meetings where it's just one CEO, another CEO, and me in the room. So I was a little nervous about what this meant. It's also a little nervous for what it could be for a career, but it felt good. Hey, I, you know, I get to go in and, <clears throat> and do this thing and have this big business meeting. When we got into the meeting, things were going fine. Uh, there were some sticky points, but we, we kind of worked our way with on it, uh, excuse me, beyond. And then we kind of, we were working our way into the evening, just the three of us, and my phone rings in the middle of it. Now, number one, I had my phone on, that may have been a, a faux pas uh, for a junior guy. And this was before the age of smartphones, right? You're not, you're not getting these kinds of things, you don't know who's calling, etc. The phones were still sort of brick-like, if you know what I mean, um, <clears throat> back in the day. And uh, I thought I made a mistake, but then I remembered in the back of my head who had to be calling the only person, the only people who called me at that time. And do you know in life, like when you're watching a movie and it goes in slow motion and it seems like half a second lasts for two or three minutes and it's like, whoa, 
filling in? Yeah, that, that, that this was that time. And so here I am, junior guy between two CEOs working a huge deal, and my family's on the phone, and for half a second, <clears throat> for half a second, I wasn't going to pick it up. Because I didn't know what was going to happen, right? This could have uh, could have foiled the deal. I would have gotten this strange look from uh, the guy who uh, is many more levels up in the organization than I am, who held the keys to my paycheck and supporting of my family. But I had made a commitment. We had made a commitment as a family at any time Daddy was away on some business meeting that if I didn't have the chance to call them, they would call me and we would have prayers together. Now, skipping one prayer with your family to go to the most important business meeting of your life probably isn't going to come crushing down on you, right, and shake anything. <clears throat> but, the, <clears throat> all right. but the issue is <clears throat> that uh, that I needed them as much as they needed me. So after this half second, two minutes, three minutes in my mind, I had gone back. Uh, a bit ashamed, it took me half a second to uh, make a, the decision that I had already made. <clears throat> but I excused myself. I said, I'm sorry, this is uh, my family calling. Um, I know this is a bit out of line, but I made a commitment that we would say prayers every night together. And so I need to excuse myself. You guys continue on. I'll be back in two or three minutes. No problem. And as all these stories happen, you know what happens, right? Nobody blows up and gets mad and excited. They both say, you know what? It is a perfect time for a break. We need to take a break. I'm going to call my wife, too, and see how she's And so we take a break for much more than two or three minutes and uh, come back and get all that done. And, of course, and I answer the phone. And, of course, when you answer the phone, it's your cute little five-year-old saying, Daddy, it's time for prayer. And you're just like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> the foundation of your faith, that's what matters. Skipping one phone call, probably not. But changing that foundation does matter. Brothers and sisters, these personal foundations, the practice that we take in, in developing our prayer and communicating with our Heavenly Father on more than a daily basis, which I must say, living in Abu Dhabi, living in a Muslim country, where you hear the call to prayer five or more times a day, is interesting. I actually have grown to really, really like it. You know what time family prayers is, because you can hear it coming out of every mosque that's surrounding it. Right? Those of you that have been there are like, yeah, that's it. But it, it sets a routine for you that you can then follow. And like any other worthwhile pursuit, that routine, that practice is built one layer, one challenge, and then one success at a time. And then you find yourself, like John or any others, being able to communicate with your Heavenly Father. And when you really need it, it's there. I'm so grateful to be for you, to be with you. If you haven't made that commitment to prayer, do so now. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
we all have our agency and, and hardships that we need to learn and grow through. But there are some certain blessings um, that we can get by doing one small and simple thing. And I'm going to tell you those blessings first. So the spirit of reverence will increase. That's what I needed when my kids were little. Mutual respect and consideration for each other will grow. The spirit of contentment will depart. Parents will counsel their children in greater love and wisdom. Children will be more responsive and submissive to the counsel of their parents. I like that one. Righteousness will increase. Faith, hope, and charity, the pure love of Christ, will abandon our homes and lives, bringing in their wake peace, joy, and happiness. That sounds pretty awesome to me. You'll get the spirit of discernment. Testimonies will increase. Commitment will be strengthened. Families will be fortified. Personal revelation will flow. You'll be given the power to avoid deception and resist temptation, and you'll receive guidance in your daily life and healing of the soul. Now, how can I get all these blessings, you may ask? <laughs> I feel like I want that. That's the, uh, well, let me tell you. Well, uh, first of all, what would you give up um, to gain all these blessings? Um, if I had if I had said you need to do something really hard, would you be like, I'll do that. I'll go serve my country for two years, you know, and and then I'll get all these blessings. In Second Kings, um, there was in Second Kings chapter five, there was a commander um, of, of many men, and he was kind of a big deal. He was used to having people do what he told them to do. He um, also happened to be a leper, and he found out that there was a prophet in Israel. And he went to Elijah to see if he could be healed. And the prophet sent out one of his servants to tell him to go wash himself seven times in the river Jordan. And this man was kind of kind of mad. Like, he can't even come out here by himself. He has to send one of his servants to come and tell me. Um, it says in verse 11, But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord of this God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. You know, he's like, I thought there was going to be this great big show. I'm this important man. You know, why Why didn't he come out? He sent his servant and told me to just go wash. You know? um, we all know how that story ends, that the servant, one of his servants says, if it was some grand thing, wouldn't you have done it? But since it's a small and simple thing, but just go try. And so he went and tried, and of course, he was cleansed. He, was, he washed himself, and he was healed. Um, how many of us, um, are mad that God doesn't come down personally and answer our prayers or solve our problems. So he sends out his servants. He sends his prophets during general conference. Um, our neighbor with a loaf of bread or a listening shoulder or our like, really safe president that helps us with food orders or a, a bishop to conference with us and help us to repent. Um, am I like Naaman? Are you like Naaman? Sometimes I am. Um, I feel like this last year I had this struggle where I, I, I needed to answer this question and I kept telling Heavenly Father, you know the future. I, I have these two choices to make. You know, which one would be the best? <laughs> which, and, and I don't know the future, but you do. And you just need to tell me, you know, you just need to tell me which way to go. And, um, of course, my, my prayer wasn't answered. He didn't come down. You should go that way, you know, type deal. Um, and as I look back on it, I think it's like 
praying to Heavenly Father, hey, Heavenly Father, I lost my keys. Can you please just tell me find my keys? And then just standing there like, hey, you know, why are they appearing in my head? You know, come on. I wasn't doing the proper work to get the answers that I needed. I, um, I was kind of, I was asking a lot and not doing my part. I was wanting God to come and answer all my prayers and, and solve all my problems without having, doing my due diligence. Um, so today my talk is actually on gaining faith through scripture study. A small and simple thing that brings about great blessings. Reading your scriptures every day brings all of those blessings that I mentioned in the beginning. How simple is that? Right? And while I'm thinking about it, um, if an angel did come to me, he would probably just quote me scriptures. So, <laughs> what, what would an angel quote to you if he came down? Um, maybe John 3, or sorry, John 5, 39, that reads, Search the scriptures, for in them you can give eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. He would tell me, um, Revelations 1, 3, Blessed is he that readeth and hear, and they that hear the word of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. If an angel came down and started quoting me Isaiah, I think I'd be like, Ah, stop, I don't understand, help. <laughs> But we can hear the voice of the Lord. We can have those revelations, and that is through scripture study. We can hear the voice of the Lord. Um, I have a friend back in, well, we have a friend back in Minnesota where we used to live, and he's a convert to our church. And he, um, he's a great man, but he was smoking, and he had this really hard time giving up smoking when he decided to convert, and he told Heavenly Father, and he was like, okay, you know, I have this one path left, and once I'm done with this path, then I'm going to be done, I'm going to quit, and I need your help with this. And so he said he got down to his last two, and he said one night, you know, he, he smoked his normal, however many smoked a day, he said at night, he, that last one before he went to bed, he said just, it just tasted disgusting, and he thought, oh, oh, this is nasty, what is this, you know? And then he thought, that was so weird. <laughs> in the morning, he woke up and he had that last one, and he, he smoked it. And he said it was just the most disgusting thing that he had ever had. It was horrible. And he knew that that was Heavenly Father helping him to get over that addiction. Um, but then he said, weeks later, um, he just, you know, that temptation comes back again, and he just needed one. He just needed one. And he had his keys, he had his wallet, he was going out the door to go buy another pack of cigarettes. And um, he said he was standing there at the door, and he said, I, you know, you feel someone close to you, and you kind of feel the heat of their body behind you. He goes, I knew my brother had just walked in, and he was, you know, going to scare me or something. And he said, I was just about ready to throw my elbow, you know, into his ribs. And he turned around, and no one was there. And um, he heard a voice that said, how long has it been since you read your scriptures? And he was like, oh, me. You know, and he was like, how long has it been since you prayed? And he, he was like, it was a couple of days since he had prayed and since he had read his scriptures. And that was, that's what was keeping him safe. That's what was keeping his addiction at bay. He, when he did his part, Heavenly Father helped him. And when he didn't do his part, he was left on his own. And he said, from that day on, 
There's not been a day that's passed since he hasn't read his scriptures and said his prayers. And for me, I haven't had you know something that dramatic in my life, but I take faith and courage in his story. Um, how long has it been since you've consistently read your scriptures and said your prayers? Um, I know that I am nothing without the Lord. And when I look back on my life, I, I know that there are times when um, Holy Father has been looking over me and watching over me and sending his angels to kind of protect me because I've done some really stupid things. <laughs> I know that I need that protection. So my next question is, what are we willing to give up in order to have all of these blessings in our life? Um, as I've been thinking about this topic and, and researching and looking kind of over my life, I have found that I've been bowed down to the God of Facebook and Instagram quite a bit. Netflix, Amazon Prime, um, those false idols have been taking a lot more of my time than they should. Um, time that I could be reading my scriptures and searching and pondering and praying. So President Ezra Chap Benson said, um, more than at any time in our history, brothers and sisters, we have need for greater spirituality. The way to develop greater spirituality is to feast on the words of Christ as revealed in the scriptures. President Spencer W. Kimmel said, The years have taught me that if we will energetically pursue this worthy personal goal of scripture study in a determined and conscientious manner, we will indeed find answers to our prayers and peace in our hearts. We shall experience the Holy Ghost broadening our understanding, finding new insights, witness an unfolding pattern of all the scriptures and the doctrines of the Lord shall come to have more meaning to us than we ever thought possible. As a consequence, we shall have greater wisdom with which to guide ourselves and our families so that we may serve a light, serve as a light and a source of strength to our non-member friends with whom we have an obligation to share the gospel. President Kimball said, um, he also said, I find that when I get casual in my relationship with divinity, and it was, when it seems no divine ear is listening and no divine voice is speaking, that I am far, far away. If I immerse myself in the scriptures, the distance narrows and the spirituality returns. I find myself loving more intensely those whom I must love with all my heart and mind and strength, and loving them more, I find it easier to abide their counsel. I've, I've noticed this in my life. There's, I, when we lived in America, I had this great routine where I would wake up when my kids went to seminary, and I would study my scriptures during their time while they were in seminary, and then they'd come home and I'd cook breakfast for them and get them all off to school, and then I'd go about my daily routine, and it seems like when we moved, and my, I, I started teaching again, went back in the workforce, and my schedule got all messed up, and I can't, I, I, I'm struggling to find that, I need to wake up at like 4.30, I think, in the morning, get my scripture study in again, and, and um, but I do, I do feel the difference, I feel that my spirituality isn't as strong as it used to be, I feel, um, me personally, um, so this topic is as much for me as it is for anyone else, um, I need to get myself where I should be in my, my scripture study. Um, Bruce Armstrong said, I think that people who study the scriptures get a dimension to their life that no one else gets 
and that can't be gained in any way except by studying the scriptures. There's an increase in faith and a desire to do what's right and a feeling of inspiration and understanding that comes to people who study the gospel, meaning particularly the standard works and who ponder the principles that can't come in any other way. I'm sure um, you've all either experienced or, or known of, of missionaries who come right off their missions and they spent two years immersed in the scriptures and studying every morning. They're different. You can see it. There's a light in their eyes. There's there's a joy in their hearts, and you can sense it. I remember um, when I was a single adult in the single adult ward when I was younger. I remember um, these girls were coming home from their missions, and they were just they were amazing. They just knew everything, and they had this light, and they were confident, and they were they were awesome. And I I remember thinking, I want I want what they have, and so I wanted. That's, I wanted to serve a mission because I wanted what those girls had. I wanted that confidence and that light when I looked at them, when I knew they had something different. And um, a mission for me did not come. My mission was with this guy and with seven kids. <laughs> and it was a great, it is a great mission. And I'm sure that I will serve one later on with a, a partner of my choosing. <laughs> So, um, President Ezra Taft Benson said, there's a power in the book that will begin to flow into your lives the moment you begin. It's not just the Book of Mormon. It's not just that the Book of Mormon teaches us truth, though indeed it does that. It is not just that the Book of Mormon bears testimony of Christ, though it indeed does that too. But there's something more. There's a power in the book which will begin to flow into your lives the moment you begin a serious study of the book. You will find greater power to resist temptation. You'll find the power to avoid deception. You'll find the power to stay on straight and narrow path. The scriptures are called the words of life, and nowhere is that more true than in the Book of Mormon. When we begin to hunger and hunger and thirst after these words, you'll find life in greater and greater abundance. Um, I know that we live in, in challenging times. And it, it's just going to be getting worse and worse and worse. And we don't have the luxury anymore of being casual with the gospel. Um, President Ezra Taft Benson said, We live in a day of great challenge. We live in a time of which the Lord spoke when he said, Peace shall be taken from the earth, and the devil shall have power over his own dominion. Satan is waging war against members of the church who have testimonies and are trying to keep the commandments. And while many of our members are remaining faithful and strong, some are wavering, some are falling. Um, he made that... Oh, I don't have the date. Um, and I remember reading this, it was like four years ago when he, he made that statement. And I thought, oh, how much more true is that now? Um... And he also went on to say, do eternal consequences rest upon our response to this book? Yes, either to our blessing or our condemnation. Every Latter-day Saint should make a study of this book a lifetime pursuit. Otherwise, he is placing his soul in jeopardy and neglecting that which should give spiritual and intellectual unity to his whole life. There is a difference between a convert who is built on the rock of Christ's church through the Book of Mormon and stays hold 
of that iron rod and one who is not. Let us not remain under condemnation by treating lightly these great and marvelous gifts the Lord has given to us. Rather, let us win the promise associated with treasuring it up in our hearts. Um, I remember um, Coleman, my son, showed me this little comic that had this picture of um, Rhoda and Lauren and then there was like this other bubble, you know, so them in the past and us in the future. And the Book of Mormon was just kind of gathering dust on a shelf and, and Rhoda was like, or Mormon, both of them, were like, it was only my life's work. I mean, I only spent my whole life, you know, putting this together. Just, sure, you know, just ignore it. Let me gather dust. My thought, oh, how true is that? There are so many, so many prophets, so many apostles who have sacrificed so much, and so many people throughout history who have died to bring the Bible, translated into English, to all the struggles that Joseph Smith had to go through to translate the Book of Mormon to give to us. How are we treating that gift? Are we treating it lightly and letting it gather dust on the shelf? Or are we reading it? Are we really doing what we should and giving it a serious study? Um, I'm off for a challenge. Um, just for one week, we're going to do a, um, a little test. Just for one week. Really seriously study the scriptures. And then report back to Bishop. And he'll let me know <laughs> your experiences with the scriptures and how your life has changed in that week. And I, I promise I'll loop with you. I'll start um, today, and um, I'll report back to Bishop all the experiences that I have this next week as I study the scriptures. Uh, I do want to bear my testimony that I know that this church is true. It's amazing to me. Um, we've been we've been all around the world, um, and it's. It's amazing that there are amazing people and there are wonderful people wherever you go that love the Lord, that want to serve Him, that want to know Him. I'm grateful for the gospel that it is global. I'm grateful for the prophet um, that is alive on the earth today that tells us the, us the things that we need to know for our time. I'm so grateful for the scriptures and the things that they teach. I'm grateful for an eternal companion who is willing to stay by my side. Um, Grateful for my sweet family and their support. Um, I know that Joseph Smith was a true prophet, that he really did translate the Book of Mormon. As I studied his life and who he was and the kind of person he was and how much education he had, there's no way, there's no way he could have written this book in the month and a half that he translated it. Uh, it, it just makes my testimony of him and in, in this book even more strong. I'm grateful for his sacrifices to bring it forth to us. Uh,